This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Here's a staggering statistic. Every 40 seconds, someone in the United States has a stroke. That's nearly 800,000 people a year. And before you think, oh, that only happens to the elderly, think again. Nearly 40% of patients who have a stroke are under age 65. Today, we're looking at strokes in young people. You will meet some of these patients. A young woman who ran into a stranger's garage, unable to speak, pleading for help with her eyes. I went to yell out, oh my gosh, what's going on? And it was just sound. No words were coming out. A new mom who was told her symptoms were just stress from having a baby and why she knew those doctors were wrong. Absolutely not. And I want another opinion. If I let this continue, I'm going to have physical or mental deficits. And a personal friend who told me he wasn't having a stroke. He just stood up too fast and why I knew he needed to go straight to the emergency room. I just bent over and I'm going to wait for my vision to come back. And you said, no, you're having a stroke. The signs to look for, the symptoms that are different in young people than in older stroke patients, and what doctors say is the number one thing you need to do to save your life if you think you're having a stroke. We have your best prescription for life when it comes to strokes in young people straight ahead. Welcome to Prescription for Life. I'm Monica Robbins, and this is the Health and Wellness Show where we try to answer all your questions about health, including today's topic on stroke. You may not think it's something you need to worry about. You're young, you're healthy. What are the chances? Well, higher than you might think. Strokes do increase with age, but they can strike people of any age. And well over a third of patients hospitalized with stroke right now are under age 65. And data from the American Heart Association finds the number of people under 50 who've suffered a stroke in this country has increased by 50% in the last 15 years. Today, you will meet some of these younger stroke patients who just like you, thought a stroke could never happen to them until it did. We'll also tell you their symptoms and give you the signs to look for. Plus, show you a map of the stroke belt, the areas of the country where you're most likely to die from having a stroke. But first, we want you to meet a young woman named Abby. You'll see her first symptom was that her arm just drifted up out of her control. Take a look. Now you realize how long this walk is now, right? Yes. <laughs> and not only that, you have to walk all the way around the corner. Right. 38-year-old Abby Miller shows me the path she took to save her own life. It happened the evening of June 16th last year, just after a workout. I started to see black spots in my left eye, and I would close my right eye, close my left eye. I thought, this is really weird. Then the pain. My face hurt. Not a headache, my actual face physically hurt. Her arm sparked panic. It just lifted up all on its own. It started twisting in ways. And I went to yell out, oh my gosh, what's going on? And 
it was just sound. No words were coming out. Abby left her house with nothing, no shoes, ID, or wallet. She found her way into a neighbor's garage three doors down. Linda Howell didn't know Abby. At first, she thought the stranger was a thief. And I just said, why are you in my garage? And she's just, just kind of looking at me and just holding on to her arm. Abby knew she needed help but could not speak. Linda sensed something else was wrong with this woman she didn't know and called 911. She got up from that chair and she walked out there into the ambulance, walked right up in there and they took her from there. The first hospital doctor suspected a stroke. Abby didn't believe them. When you think of stroke, you think of uh, yeah, I don't, I, the stereotypical that you're old. I thought, well, I'm not old. There's no way. They flew her from Lorraine to Cleveland Clinic and its comprehensive stroke center. Doctors there were ready for surgery. A device that may be able to snare or grab onto the blood clot and remove it. We're able to restore blood flow and reduce the injury that someone has, reduce the disability. Remember, Abby had shown up at Linda's garage a stranger and with no ID. Her paperwork listed her as Jane Doe. Nurses went to work trying to identify the unknown woman, asking if she was on social media. Their patient uttered just two words. I said, Abby Miller. It was the only time I could say my entire name. Facebook gave them the answer. They showed, showed their phone and they said, is this you? It was me. I was so happy. It was almost, it was just uh, that happiness, just like when the woman found me in her garage, the same relief. After four days in the hospital, Abby went home to live with her mother and begin aggressive rehabilitation. I couldn't talk. I couldn't write. I couldn't read. So I had to be in speech therapy for seven months. But how could an active young woman who runs 5Ks have a stroke? About one in four people who are under the age of 45 who have a stroke have what's called an arterial dissection, which is where a small tear develops in the wall of a blood vessel, blood tracks into the wall, forces the artery closed, a blood clot forms that then travels downstream and blocks a major artery. Abby's dissection healed on its own. Today, she's back at work and life, but occasionally still searches for words. Gratitude is not one of them. Neighbor Linda, no longer a stranger, but a lifesaver. They saved her life. Abby lives here in Northeast Ohio, and you can see from this map by the CDC, that's in the stroke belt. Yeah, the highest concentration of death from stroke are in the Southeast up through the Midwest. The biggest risk factor for stroke include high blood pressure and diabetes. But as we've been saying all along, sometimes even otherwise healthy people can suffer a stroke. Our next story features a new mom, also here in Ohio, who was told by doctors that her symptoms were just a result of being stressed out from having a baby. But she knew this wasn't stress. If you take anything from her story, it's listen to your body. You know even more than the experts sometimes when something just isn't right. Kate Sipple started riding at age two, and her love of horses led to her veterinary career. She's been competitive horse riding since 2014 and also added mom to her titles. <gasps> Two months after John David's arrival, Kate and Norwin returned to the ring. A great ride until a terrifying moment. Headed right towards the jump and lost all 
kind of movement or feeling of the left side of my body. Whoa. I felt like somebody punched me in the face. Norwin kept going and three jumps later. It had gone and I was kind of back to how I felt before. Kate blamed time away from the ring, but the episodes kept happening and getting worse. I hit the ground and I couldn't get back up. I tried to push myself up and I couldn't. And it lasted probably 30 seconds. A day later? And I went completely paralyzed on the left side of my body and I lost all ability to talk. Emergency room doctors told Kate stress from new motherhood was likely the cause. But as she was leaving, it happened again, four more times. As a veterinarian, she knew something was wrong. This time, she reached out to her own doctor. She said, you are 100% correct. This is scary. This is not right. Let's do something. And she got me into a neuro consultation. The neurologist diagnosed many strokes called transient ischemic attacks or TIAs. Despite blood thinners, Kate was now having 15 a day and she feared for her baby. Who was gonna take care of that little guy and who was gonna raise him to do all of the things that I wanted him to do? I just laid in the hospital bed in tears. In general, TIAs don't cause brain damage. They typically resolve in about 24 hours, but they are a huge red flag. The patient could potentially have a massive stroke within a week to 90 days. Kate's doctors told her it was okay to have two or three a day, and they would check on her in six months. Absolutely not, and I want another opinion. If I let this continue, I'm going to have physical or mental deficits that I won't be able to do any of this ever again, uh, or I'm gonna be dead. Finally, she learned the cause, a rare condition called Moya Moya. It's where these blood vessels kind of wither away to nothing. She needed a specialist and didn't have to look far. We see dozens and dozens of patients per year with this condition and many of them will go on to surgery. Cleveland Clinic surgeons took Kate's temporal artery and connected it to another artery in her brain, bypassing the dwindling carotid and saving her life. Moya Moya vasculopathy is a rare vascular condition that develops. It typically develops in childhood or early adulthood. Um, it involves a thickening that occurs within the carotid arteries that are inside the brain, eventually causing complete blockage of these arteries. We understand what happens to the blood vessels, but what we don't know is how to necessarily prevent this from happening. Kate knew how to prevent becoming a statistic. She took back the reins on her own life and is now healthy, happy, and stable, just like Norman. Now we want you to meet David, a man who suffered a stroke in his late 30s. He hopes his story helps prevent what happened to him from happening to others. Here he is in his own words. I don't really remember what happened. I just hear kind of the story and the, the, the details. Someone had saw me driving and called the police and so there was an ambulance in the area waiting for me. As I crashed, I guess they took me out, took me to the hospital and I woke up in, uh, about three weeks later. Uh, my name is David Kenyatta, I'm a stroke survivor. I had a stroke in 2016 and I'm doing great now, you know. It was hard, I was sad, I was lonely, I missed my kids, um, I missed my wife, it was just difficult. I had headaches, I had signs that were letting me know something was wrong, I think I just ignored it and ignored it one day too long and the vein popped and that was that. Mine was caused from my blood pressure 
and it caused a vein to burst in my head, so I had a hemorrhagic stroke. And you know, I'm seeing people dying from this stuff, and I, you know, I, I survived. It's crazy. It's like a total blessing. That was my uh, wake-up call, and I certainly answered it. And you know, I'm trying to do better so I can be here long-term for my kids. Now this next story is very personal for me. By day, I'm a health correspondent, but on the weekends, I'm a wannabe rock star in my own band. And my band members are my family. That's why when I realized my bass player told me his vision just went out in one eye, I knew he had to get to the hospital immediately, even though he and the rest of the band thought I was overreacting. Here's Jim's story in his own words. Well, we were having rehearsal because I play in this band with Monica Robbins called Monica Robbins and the Ninja Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were having rehearsal. I went upstairs, I went to the refrigerator, I bent over, grabbed the can of pop, and I stood up and all of a sudden my vision was gone. Just wrote it off as to one of those times where you stand up quickly and your vision goes temporarily and I'll be back. And so then I walked downstairs and my right side was completely dark completely black and I thought it was a little odd and I made mention to you and the other members of the band while I was there and go I don't think I can see out of my right eye and then my vision started getting fuzzy in my left eye and Monica Robbins said you're having a stroke and I said no I'm not I just bent over and I'm gonna wait for my vision to come back and you said, no, you're having a stroke. That's one of the signs of having a stroke. And so I, because I've had some heart issues with AFib before, I pulled out my little... Now get back to the part where you and everybody else argued that you were not having a stroke. Yes, everybody else basically said, no, just sit down, we'll start rehearsal and we'll be fine. And... You, you had no fear. No, not at all. I really honestly thought like nothing was wrong. I didn't think anything was wrong at all. I wouldn't have been pushed. I think I would have sat there probably for an hour and waited for it to try to come back. And who knows where it could have gone based on what I found out once I got to the hospital that it was starting to progress. My vision was going in, in my left eye. And they said, well, you know, because you were an AFib, you had a clot because when you're an AFib, you start to pull up little clots and then when your heart goes back into normal, normal rhythm, it shoots it out and you don't know where it's gonna land. And so mine happened to land in the back of my head. And at that point, you know, once I got to the hospital, they were all over me. Talk to us, what time, when did this happen? And I knew it because it was one o'clock. It was right when rehearsal was starting. I says, I went dark at one o'clock. And, uh, and this was at 1.45. And I'm laying in the CAT scan machine and they're going, you don't know how lucky you are. We have this magic drug and that this could take care of it and resolve it. And he says, you don't have to take it. But um, he says, it could progress. You might get your vision back, you might not. It might progress, you might lose, you know, get paralyzed on your right side. It's your decision if you wanna take the drug. And then they give you the downside of it is that there's a positive 6% chance that you could bleed out. 
and, and those sort of things, which, you know, when, when you're laying there and you got 10 people on you and they start, you know, they tell you all the good stuff and they give you the, oh, by the way, there's a 6% chance you'll bleed out and die. And which is when I said, call my wife in, I'd like to have this be a team decision. After that, literally within four hours, my vision was back. I was 100%. The clarity came back in my left eye. I could see completely in my right eye, which was 100% blind. They'd come in every 15 minutes and they would do a full cognitive check on what can you see, what can you do, and they did that for 24 hours straight. I can't tell you the number of people. I know at least four doctors and there was a, probably at least another three or four people came in and said, I just want to see you because we never get to see anybody like that. They said, everybody waits too long. They think that whatever their symptom may be is going to go away. And there's only a three to four hour window in being able to use this drug. Afterward, it's actually a detriment. First hour, they, go, they called it the magic hour. They said, the fact that you were here the first hour, you were guaranteed that you would absolutely resolve the issue. They said, our problem, you know, again, the number of people that came in said, we never get to see anybody like this. They're usually paralyzed, they can't talk, their face is drooping, their arms don't work, their legs don't work because they waited three or four hours before they came to the hospital. And so you're like the miracle guy. We never get to see anybody like this. I learned a lot. I learned that I'm not immortal anymore. <laughs> and I also learned that you have to pay attention to a lot of symptoms that I would normally have blown off in the past. When I tell people that I had a stroke eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago, and they go, you look great. I go, you don't understand, there's this magic drug, and that drug is the reason why I don't have any symptoms. First of all, to understand what the symptoms are, and then if you experience them or recognize them, to go immediately to the ER. Vision loss was something that I never thought of. You know, it wasn't, you know, when I think of somebody having a stroke, I think of, you know, all of a sudden they're on the ground with total paralysis. You don't think of that just because I lost vision in one eye that that was the beginning of what could have been a serious stroke. Uh, who knows how far it would have gone if I would have sat around for a couple hours like my drummer wanted me to do. How glad are you that you had a health reporter? As I, I am very, very, I owe my life to the fact that my lead singer was adamant enough to say that I, either you go to the hospital now or I'm calling 911 and have them drag you out. Because I knew the signs, I helped save his life. And you can do the same for someone you love if you act fast. So what signs should you be looking for? Remember the phrase, be fast, to recognize a stroke. B is for balance. A person may lose balance or stumble. E is for eyes. One or both eyes may see spots, get blurry, or lose vision completely. F is for face. That's the symptom most of us are pretty familiar with. The face may droop or get paralyzed. A is for arms. They they may have weakness in their arms, or like in Abby's case, one arm may drift uncontrollably. S is for speech, which may be slurred or incoherent, or you may not be able to speak at all. And T is most important. 
time. Doctors like to say that time is tissue or time lost is brain lost. Every second counts when you're having a stroke. Do not wait, do not sleep on it, do not see how you'll feel in an hour or two. The number one thing you can do to save your life is call 911 immediately. That's all for this week's edition of Prescription for Life. We hope you learned a little something about stroke and we never hope you need to use this information, but if you do need it, you may help save a life of someone you love or maybe even your own. We'll see you back here next week for another episode. Until then, we wish you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.